Welcome to our mindfulness podcast. Each week or so, we will have a different podcast, different speakers, different chants, different Dharma talks. But mindfulness practice in Buddhism helps us focus and helps us be aware. And this program will consist of many different ways of meditating. We usually begin with bowing or gasho, then we prepare to sit, and we will sit for approximately 10 minutes. And then we will either stand and walk for another five minutes to kind of get blood into our legs again and and, uh, relax our muscles. And then we'll sit for another 10 approximately. And then we will chant, which is another form of meditation. Uh, We focus on the characters and we pronounce the sounds as a group. And it's a kind of a ritual of oneness. And then after that, we'll have a short Dharma talk of about five to 10 minutes. And then we'll close with Gasho. And this also includes offering incense. We offer incense, but you could also light the incense before the service starts. And this is kind of the program uh, of how our meditation services proceed. And so we will be getting underway today uh, with our program. Thank you very much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, It's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply. Let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world. Waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell. Please put your hands together in Gasho and bow. Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts. Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. 
actually there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of what sitting is, what breathing is, standing is. What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell. Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion 
of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, uh, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose. And that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters, and each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character, and it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor, so this is different from English, and the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U, and they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see uh, italicized lines. Uh, those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlying character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, this is a form of meditation. Uh, rather than silent meditation, we're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it. We will now chant Ju Sege. Say food. 
Please put your hands together in Gasho and bow. Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts. So today's my topics. Do Buddhists ever eat meat? Well, let me ask you. 
help me, that Dharma school students. You remember what did you eat yesterday? What did you eat yesterday? Tell me. You don't remember what did you eat today, yesterday? Did you eat hamburger? Sandwich? Soup? Huh? Try to remember what you ate yesterday. Is it? Right? Okay. At the festival time, you know, we sell a lot of uh, chickens. And Abba chicken, I help Abba chicken. And how many mm, chickens are there? And I feel like, wow, as a Buddhist minister, and I'm cutting the chicken body. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, Namami Dabutsu, Namami Dabutsu, Namandabutsu, Namandabutsu, right? I'm sorry, I'm taking your life, and I'm going to sell this one, and sorry, Namami Dabutsu, right? And then also, um, Terry Burger, do you? I love that. And then, <laughs> chicken salad, right? Shredded chicken, Girl Scout do, right? And wonton, oh, that's my favorite. People like it. How many bags of wonton? They said 200,000 or something. Huge amount of wonton, that's a bestseller we do. And I put a meat in there too, right? And what else? Dango dog. That's a good snack too. All right, we just always sell the dango dog first. So thinking about, we are the Buddhist, we are the Shin Buddhist temple, but we do cook the meat and we eat it, we sell it. That's interesting, isn't it? So, who allow us to do that? Have you ever thought about that? You know, Shin Buddhism is a unique Buddhist tradition. And particularly, I think we should really appreciate Shinran and Shinran's teacher, Honen, to make a Pyodan Buddhist very unique to all of us. Not only ordained ministers, not only monks and nuns. It's those teachers, Honen and Shinran, put down the Pyodan Buddhism, Amida Buddha's spiritual revelation to every one of us. So I want to talk about that uh, Shinran Sahonin's later on. But the first of all, uh, and then I want to say, Shinran particularly made a Shinran's teaching unique, is I think that's two points. Number one, eating meat. Right. And then number two is a marriage. The Shinran publicly married to a Shinni, right? So before that, I'm sure that then Buddhist, uh, you know, the ministers and a lot of people married secretly, but they didn't really publicly do that. The Shinran very honest, huh? I'm gonna marry to a Shinni. What does it mean? She, he opened the liberation for the women, gender issue. Women were not, at that time, the people say, women cannot be enlightened, cannot be become a Buddha. A woman has to change the sex and change the going to becoming the male 
and then you can finally become a Buddha. But Shino said, that's not right. So he decided to marry to a Shini. And then she ran told a Shini about Amida Buddha's teaching all her life. And then that's the path for the woman to take a special path to become a Buddha as well. So I really think Shin Buddhism, eating meat and marriage issue, two are very, very important. Make the Shin Buddhism very special and then unique teaching compared to other Buddhist teachings. Okay, so next slide, please. All right, so talking about before the Shakyamuni was born, there is some kind of teaching about Jainism in India. And Jainism is sort of a very strict uh, eating habit. And their word is uh, ahimsa. Ahimsa is without harm. So of course, they don't eat any meat, they don't eat egg, no milk, they don't eat anything coming from the ground either. So after the Jainism, the Shakyamuni Buddha was born. And Shakyamuni Buddha's teachings, very interesting. Sort of all the monks and nuns living in monastic area, they receive a donated meal from villagers. So that's alm, A-A-L-M. Um, food, they just hold the bowl and then begging the food. So they have to eat whatever the villagers prepared. So that's a villagers practice. Villagers get up early and prepare a meal and then donate to the monks and nuns. That's the villagers practice. So those are nuns and monks never say thank you to the villagers because that's the villagers practice. Okay, so, and then also at that time, monks and nuns are not supposed to grow vegetables and then cook vegetables and store all the food either. So they have to receive a food from the villagers. Next, please. So uh, next year, I had a very interesting opportunity to visit a Theravada Buddhist temple in Berkeley. So, um, and then they said, I'll give you a lunch. I said, wow, I was very excited. What kind of lunch they are going to give me? And I was so, sort of like, well, probably the vegetarian, vegetarian. So let's please, next one. So those are the, the Theravada Buddhist monks. Uh, wearing the orange robe, right? And then they saw, I thought, wait a minute, I don't think they are vegetarians because they are pretty much well fed. <laughs> and they are pretty large. Uh, their tummy is pretty big too. So I wonder what kind of food they eat. So I'll show you what kind of food they have. Next one, please. Yeah, this one is sort of uh, several meals. Uh, let's see, I sold a tamagoyaki egg omelet. I said, uh-uh, 
That's not vegetarian. They eat egg. All right, so next please. This one is clearly, that's a pork meat. It's a little bit fatty to me. So, but uh, pork meat, spicy pork meat, right? And next one, please. This one looks like a sh white fish. That was delicious, I liked it. So, you see, those monks eat a um, meat and fish and chicken too. So I was very curious. Oh, because the Theravadan Buddhist people are always follow what the Shakyamuni said, right? So I asked one of the Theravada Buddhist monks, and what is the rule? Uh, you, you know, you can eat a meat and fish and chicken, everything. They said, Next one, please. There is a rule, pure meat rule. Pure meat rule is three respect. There is three points. If the monks and nuns have not seen, heard, or suspected that the animal has been killed intentionally and specifically for him and her. That's the rule. So if the monks don't know, didn't see, hear, or see, or no suspect, oh, this meat was killed for me intentionally. In that case, Theravada Buddhist people and monks and nuns can eat those meals. I said, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So as a matter of fact, Shakyamuni, while he was alive, he ate meat too. So his last meal, you remember? He got donated meal from Chunda. That was a pork. And he ate it. And unfortunately, the food was a little bit poison in there. It wasn't intentionally poisoned, but it was old somehow. There is no refrigeration at that time. So it was old, stale somehow. And then Shakamuni got sick and had a tummy ache. And eventually, he passed away. See? So Shakyamuni was eating uh, meat, too. And then also, when he was under the meditating, um, he received a uh, milk gruel from Shuda, uh, Sudata, too. So he was drinking milk, too. You see? But again, Shakyamuni is one of the uh, disciples. His name is Devadatta. Devadatta was a very strict man. So he wants to make his own Sangha. So he suggested Shakyamuni Buddha, Shakyamuni Buddha, you are so naive. We have to make very strict rule. But Shakyamuni said, no, I don't think so. As we can eat meat and enjoy it and appreciate it. That's what Shakyamuni said. But my question is, those monks and nuns are okay because they receive a food without knowing, without seeing, without having any suspect that meat was killed intentionally, specifically for me. But how about the person who butchered, slaughtered, and sold the meat? How about those people? Was that they're out of enlightenment? 
right? So, next one, please. So that uh, this picture shows a little bit that Buddhism is came from the southern routes in Sri Lanka, Burma, Thailand. Those are the, the Buddhism as we call it, Theravada Buddhism. We just showed you all the yellow robe of people. And then northern part is Mahayana Buddhism. We are in Mahayana and a big vehicle. Everybody can get on. So the Mahayana route came from India, China, and uh, Korea, in Japan, United States, all over. Theravada Buddhist Temple is located in the United States as well. So, next one, please. So, when uh, Mahayana Buddhism came to China, uh, it's a little bit changed because Chinese people uh, thought eating meat sort of extinguishes the Buddhahood potential in all beings, which is against Buddha's great compassion. We're talking about Buddha nature here. The Chinese people sort of very much interested in that Buddha nature. Buddha nature is your potential to become a Buddha. So not only human, Chinese people immediately thought, yes, Cow has a Buddha nature potential, and chicken has a Buddha nature potential, and then fish also. So if so, we shouldn't eat those cows and chicken and fish, right? And then also transmigration concept in the six realms. And sort of, they also have a Confuciusism, Confucius. So uh, they believe my father passed away, but I don't know which realm my father went. What if he went to the world of animal? I don't eat my father. What if my mother also went to the world of animal? I don't want to eat my mother. So those concepts really, really getting popular, and particularly in China. So that's why the Mahayana Buddhism in China made it vegetarian food. Next one, please. As we call it, fuxia cuisine, fuxia. So no meat involved, no meat involved at all. So when you go to a uh, Shilai temple, right? I, I went there, and uh, I really enjoy their vegetarian plate too. They always make a vegetarian lunch. So particularly Chinese uh, Zen Buddhism uh, is a uh, non-meat uh, cuisine. So this Mahayana Buddhism came to Japan. Next one, please. So this is, as you know, is our Shinran Shonin uh, master and then his teacher, Honen, right? So those are the Pure Land Buddhist kind of pioneers. So Pure Land Buddhism became so popular in Japan. And then teaching of Amida Buddha. So teaching Amida Buddha is just encompassing everyone, not only monks and nuns, and everyone can get on to the 
big vehicle, and everybody has a potential to becoming a Buddha. All right. So, Shiran's question was a lot of questions he had to Honen. And then Shiran asked number one, Master Honen, I have somebody I really like, and I'm thinking to marry her. Is that against the monks and nuns rule in Shin Buddhism and Pure Land Buddhism? And Honen said, no. If you want to marry someone, go ahead, particularly if the marriage helps you to pursue the path of an ambutsu, go ahead to marry any lady you love. But if the marriage does bother you, you don't have to marry either. So take any way that makes you feel comfortable to take a path of nembutsu. That's what Honen said. Next question, Shinran said, how about eating meat? Is it okay to eat meat? Honen could answer it's the same. If eating a meat it makes you easy to say namo amida butsu, go ahead, enjoy eating the meat. If the meeting meat bothers you, forget it. You don't have to do that. See, it's very, very much human based. So that's the great suggestion that Shinran received from Honen. Of course, Amida Buddha's vow to everyone and liberate every one of us, not only monks and nuns. All the people, uh, butchers, slaughters, and peddlers, uh, all the, the uh, meat owners in stores, everybody has to be encompassed. And then they all receive Amida Buddha's deep compassion to lead you to the path of Nambutsu, Namamidabutsu. So, next one, please. Uh, before that, before that, one more, okay. So this is what it is. So as I said, as you know, said, peddlers, that means what? Um, you know, the merchants, right? And then hunters, hunters is who catch the animal, butcher the animal, and slaughters, who are like stones and ties and peddler, pebbles, are all grasped and never abandoned by Amida Buddha's great compassion, compassion. So even you eat meat, there is no hindrance at all. Rather, Amida Buddha wants to liberate you who really do a normal life as a human. See, this is really a Jodo Shinshu Shin Buddhism for very lay oriented, not only particularly ordained monks and nuns, is to every one of your happiness, your uh, meaning uh, of your life. So do your normal life. 
and then encounter the Amida Buddha's teaching and hear Namo Amida Butsu. So as you see, the Shiran's teaching really inclusive, include everyone, no matter your ethnic background, the gender issue, uh, education level, doesn't matter at all, encompass everyone. Universality and the equality and non-discriminatory teaching. It's very, very, I think it's very important in the contemporary society because always poor and rich, educated and uneducated, doesn't matter at all. That's what Shinran's teaching. So, last one please. So, as you know, as before you eat meat, how you say? Itadakimasu. Itadakimasu. Itadakimasu is itadaku is I receive. I receive. I receive a vegetable. I receive beef. I receive chicken. I receive fish, right? They are giving us in human their precious life to support my life every day. So I say, itadakimasu. Thank you very much. And namo amidabutsu. We are under the same liberation, same light, and same wisdom and compassion coming from Amida Buddha. And then ending is gochiso-sama deshita. The gochiso is a feast. Gochiso. It was a wonderful meal. Gochiso-sama deshita. Thank you very much. And namo amida butsu. So this itadakimasu and gochisousama has a deep meaning. It's not like, well, when you hear itadakimasu, we can eat. Not only that, we're just looking at the plate, what in there, vegetable, all the meat coming to my plate, and someone uh, caught it, and someone cooked, delivered it, and someone cooked it, and someone delivered this dish to my table, so itadakimasu, and arigato, thank you, namamidabutsu, and gochisousama deshita, right? So at this Dharma message, I really want to share the Shinran, and particularly coming from the Honen's teaching, it's pure Buddhism for lay-oriented, not selected people, and particularly meeting, eating meat, in marriage is a very important Buddhist factors to make a teaching is liberal and democratic and make the teaching for every one of us. So thank you very much for listening to my message and I hope you enjoy the vegetable every time you eat and uh, our uh, chicken salad and chicken teriyaki and uh, we sometimes say when you cut it, thank you for sharing your life with me. Thank you. So join me, Kasho, please. Namandavuts. 
Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2022 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.